0: 2 Kings chapter 7, and the Bible says in verse 3, There were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. They said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we'll enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore, come and let us fall into the hosts of the Syrians. And if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Would you put your Bibles to one side? Let's, let's pray and ask God to have his way here today. Would you pray with me, Jesus? We thank you For the privilege to be in this place, I pray that you would anoint my mind and loose my tongue to speak your word here today, that your will be done. God, I thank you for every miracle that has taken place already and every miracle that you are going to do. We love you and we magnify you in the name of Jesus. Why don't we clap our hands one more time, and why don't we thank God in advance for what he's going to do here today. Would you turn to your neighbor? shake their hand all around you about two or three people and tell them the possibilities of the impossible tell them like you mean it the possibilities of the impossible <clears throat> after that you may be seated <clears throat> now i uh will not be long i i promise I know I guess that gets a little little nerve-wracking when a preacher says that, right? Because then you're like, oh, well, is he or isn't he? Is he I'm trying to reassure himself? Uh, nonetheless, I am not a long-winded preacher, but uh, I do have a rule. I will finish when you respond. we got about one brother right over here that understood that. He gave me a, all right, you know. So we're going to go ahead and try that again. I'm not a long-winded preacher, but I will finish when you respond. There's a brother way, way, way in the back. I don't want to point him out or anything like that. But he's sitting back there, and uh, you know he stood up, started clapping. He's ready for lunch. You understand the assignment. Now, just a quick side note: if your uh, you know pastor is a long-winded preacher, I don't know if he is or not, uh, but nonetheless, you know if he is. He is a preacher. We're preachers. And so even if he's not long-winded, sometimes, you know, when you feel like they're not getting it, then you just start going from Genesis to Revelation. Is that about right? I mean, you just pull out every idea, every thought before you know it, you're in another message. So just go with me and we'll be all right. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, as I mentioned, I want to talk to you on this topic, the possibilities of the impossible. There were, I'm going to kind of lay just a... A little bit of a foundation in Second uh, Kings, as we read, there were four leprous men, and these uh, leprous men, you know, of course, you can imagine we're dealing with this this sickness, this situation, and uh, this is something that, of course, uh, plagued them, and it was very contagious. This sickness was uh, something that actually they were told they needed to leave and could no longer be around. Their family could be around their loved ones or that camp that they would normally be a part of, that city or in this particular uh, situation, that country of Samaria. And so they were not allowed to be there. They were actually told, you need to leave, leave the city and go out into this camp, this leper's camp. And so in this leper's camp, of course, it was filled with lepers and they were all sentenced there to die. This sickness was incurable. It was a disease that, as I mentioned, was highly contagious. And once you had it, there was no going back. There was no uh, being healed from it. Of course, Jesus uh, was not on this earth at that point, you know. And maybe there was one or two or few that were healed uh, by the word of the prophet. But for the most part, if you were stricken with leprosy, you were going to die of leprosy. That was what was handed to you. That was life. That's what you would expect. And on this occasion, these four lepers uh, at some point receive word. They receive some type of word that where they're from in Samaria, that there was no food. There was a famine uh, from in Samaria. Now, this is not a, a famine like you and I think about uh, here in America. You and I how many of you have ever fasted for half a day, a day, more than that? Anybody fasted? You can raise your hand. It's all right. You won't lose your reward or anything like that. I'm just, I've asked you. So, <clears throat> you know, some people go around and tell everybody they're fasting. You will lose your re- reward if you do that. And so these, you know, you think about this famine. It's not a, it's not a famine like you and I think about. And we, some of you don't even eat breakfast, for example. Um, any anybody here's interactive church, anybody here doesn't eat breakfast, raise your hand, you just don't even give it a second thought, you have your cup of coffee black, you know, in the morning, and then you just take off and you don't even realize you haven't eaten, eaten breakfast. But the moment you declare a fast, right, all of a sudden your stomach wakes up before you do. And it's, oh, man, those eggs. You don't even have eggs in the fridge. Oh, they they smell good right now. You know, a good waffle or pancake or whatever it may be. That cereal is really just, you know, just got my attention in this moment. You just think, oh, I'm starving. It's it. It's over. Any parents, you know, like my, my dad, <clears throat> um, you know, when you know when they haven't eaten dinner to not talk to them quite yet? Anybody? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your parents. You can say amen, all right? And Some parents are sitting here. You don't want to point them out. Nonetheless, that happens. You know, we we're starving and get a little bit angry, you know, and so on. And I'm not talking about that kind of famine <clears throat> where you can be out of groceries in this particular market and you can drive across town and <clears throat> go get eggs from that particular market because we're out on this occasion. I'm talking about a real famine where there is no rain. To water the crops and because there's no crops you can't eat those crops and neither can the animals and the animals are diseased and you can't eat the animals for food and talking about a real famine that literally people starve to death from this is what they're going through in Samaria and so they catch wind hey in the event that we were to ever even go back to Samaria we're not allowed to go we're stricken with leprosy we know that but if we were to go there there is a famine there anyway, and we would probably die of starvation before we ever even died of our sickness. We'd probably die because we have no food because of this famine. And so they begin to communicate amongst one another and ideas, and one of them kind of piped up and said, well, now we can can go to Syria. That's the enemy's camp. So they've got a couple of options. They can stay there in their camp. They can go to Samaria where there's a famine. Or they can go to Syria, the enemy's camp. But that really is a bad option because if your own people don't want you because of your leprosy or your sickness... What makes you think that the enemy, when you walk up to their city door, and obviously they were fortified cities in that time, and so they had a door. If you would go to that fortified city and say, hey, we are from Samaria. Oh, by the way, we have leprosy. What makes you think they're going to let you in? There's no no chance they're going to let you in. Your own people don't want you. There's no doubt that these people are not going to allow you to come in. But one pipes up and says, hey, you know, there's a slight possibility. There's a, a chance. It's a small chance. It really doesn't look like it's going to happen. But what if we went to Syria? They might take us in. They might give us water. They might give us food. They might keep us alive. And they go on having this conversation the way I would think about it. Was one probably said, well, listen, let's kind of review the options here. And they begin to speak, and they say, you know what? We recognize if we go to Samaria, where we're from, we're going to die from starvation. But if we go to Syria, there's a slight possibility that we're going to be alive. But we're probably going to die the moment we, you know, approach that gate. And then they go one step further. And I feel like this is where the revelation occurred. And they say, well, we know one thing amongst all these probabilities. We know one thing is for sure. One thing is a fact. One thing is unwavering and it is a 100% guarantee. And that is that if we stay right here in this leper's camp where we have been sentenced to die, that we will for sure die. And so I have come to tell somebody here today that if you came to church just kind of going through the motion or if you came just expecting somebody else to receive a miracle or you came with the same faith that you came last week thinking well I'll get out of this service and I'll go do whatever it is that I normally do and don't have any type of different faith in God or greater faith in God then I can guarantee you here today that you will walk out of these doors the exact same way that you walked in but the moment uh, that one individual doesn't matter how difficult life is doesn't matter what the options are the odds stacked against you the moment that one individual let see or not decides you know what I cannot live this way any longer I am not okay with the depression that I've been battling with the fear that I am facing I'm not okay any longer with the sickness that is in one individual puts their faith in God in a greater way than you ever have before that's when God begins to move that's when God does the impossible I'm here to tell you that God is no doubt in this room and while we might think we're waiting on God I'm here to tell you that God is waiting on you God's waiting on you to step out of the boat God's waiting on you to get out of the camp God's waiting on you to be to to quit being comfortable with where you are and believe that God can and that God will do the impossible if you believe that here today why don't you clap your hands for a moment I am tired, quite honestly, of people waiting on God. Well, he'll heal me when it's his time. No, God wants to do it already. He's desired to do it. Matter of fact, the Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. That means when he was being beaten, that was for the cancer that's in your body right now. When he was being beaten, that was for the sickness that you have been battling. When he was being beaten, when he bore our griefs, that was for the trauma that you have faced in life. But he's waiting, for somebody to say, God, I've exhausted all of my options. I've got no place else. I've got no one else. Therefore, I need you to step in and have your way. Why don't somebody clap your hands just for a moment? How about with that great faith? Why don't you clap your hands and thank God? I'm not talking to somebody that has it all together here today. I'm talking about to somebody here in this place that says, you know what? I don't know what to do. I came because I need a miracle. I came because I need God to intervene. And if He doesn't, I have no other options. I believe that woman with the issue of blood. That's where she had finally gotten to in her mind. She spent all her money. She spent all that she had. She was emotionally drained. If you think about it. 12 years uh, trying to find a cure, spending all that she had, her time, money, and emotion, and when it finally came uh, to Jesus uh, coming to a place where she also would be, uh, she recognized, I cannot let uh, this opportunity pass me by. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is no doubt in this room. I can feel him, uh, but you have to decide uh, to not let him pass you by. You have to decide. Uh, I don't care what they say about my worship i don't care how it looks to them i don't care how it feels to them i need god to move and i need him to move like he's never done before i need him to touch my kid i need him to touch my wife i need him to touch my husband i need him to touch my body and i'm not leaving this building today until god does the impossible why don't somebody clap your hands and magnify the lord Because we are not waiting on God. No, he's already here. He said where my spirit is, there is liberty. And if there's liberty, that means I don't have to walk out bound. That means I don't have to walk out with my head held down. No, but I can walk out in the peace of Almighty God. I'm excited today, obviously, because I recognize uh, there is no other answer. There is no other way. There is no one else. Uh, You can search high, low, long, and give all the money that you have to figure this life out. I'm telling you, Jesus is indeed the answer. It's the same Jesus uh, that got up in the middle of the storm uh, and said, Peace be still. He literally slept uh, through the storm. Why? Because he recognized. I've got this in the palm of my hand. But he was waiting for a disciple to wake him up. He was waiting for a disciple to say, hey, Jesus, we put our trust in you. We know if you don't do anything that we will for sure perish. I'm here to put their trust in him that will recognize, God, if you don't move, I have no other way. That's the kind of faith that moves God that's the kind of faith that gets God's attention on one occasion I remember being in a particular service and this Russian lady was there in the church and she to my knowledge she had not been in church before and they told her you know you've been stricken with brain cancer given only one year to live and and her neighbor who was a normal member of the church said have you come to my church I love this because she didn't just kind of give her a card, and walk away. She said, if you come to my church, they'll pray for you, lay hands on you in Jesus' name, and you will be healed. As a matter of fact, I love that. That's faith. She said, you come to my church, they'll pray, and you will be healed in Jesus' name. She came to the church, had not really been to church before, as I mentioned, and I remember the Spirit of God got to move, in, and she walked up on her own to the front, came to the altar area, lifted up her hands. Whether I knew, she knew how to do that or not, I I don't know if she understood the, you know, the culture we have here in church that when you lift your hands, you know, that you're surrendering to God. I don't know how much she understood, but what I do know is she came to the front on her own, and she got down there to the front, and all of a sudden, we laid hands on her, and she started speaking with other tongues, and God gave her the utterance. The Spirit of God gave her the utterance, and she began to speak with other tongues, and she was filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. we rejoiced. We were grateful. And the pastor said, let's pray. Let's lay hands on her. And we laid hands on her in Jesus' name, commanding that cancer to leave her brain. I mean, you can imagine she's 40-something years old and, you know, just not the time to go yet. And, and so as we laid hands on her and believed that God would heal her, I remember after shortly after that, about a week or so went by, and the pastor called, and he said, hey, man, this lady we prayed for, she went to the doctor's office and, to go start chemotherapy. They run a bunch of preliminary tests on her to start the chemotherapy, and he said, oh, you remember all that? I said, yeah, we prayed for her. He said, yes, well, she went to the doctor. They run all these tests, got the results back, and she's got no more cancer in her body. There's no cancer in her brain. The doctors can't find it. They don't know what's going on. They looked at her and said, What did you do? What happened? She said, Oh, I know what happened. I went down to this church and they prayed for me in Jesus' name and I was healed. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you've been looking towards something else, you've got to let that go and let God be God in your life. Let Him be the Alpha. Let Him be the Omega. Let Him be the one that tells cancer you need to go. Let Him be the one that tells depression you. You can no longer stay. That's the God that we serve here today. If you believe that, would you clap your hands and magnify the Lord? It all started because she decided, I'm going to get down to where it's happening. I'm going to get there. Can I tell you in this place, I am not talking to just ordinary people. I'm not talking to people that are going to be satisfied. And listen, I've grown up in church. I understand how it works. Uh, you recognize in about maybe 30, 40 minutes, you'll be out of the service and you'll carry on about your lunch. Uh, but I have seen God move uh, on occasions where people have said, You know what? Uh, I am fed up uh, with. With the status quo. I am fed up uh, with the way that it's supposed to be the way that it always is uh, and I'm going to do something to get God's attention and that's why we read about uh, the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, that's why we read about uh, blind Bartimaeus said I can't see him uh, but just get me on the right side of the highway and when he gets there I'll know he's there. Why? Because everybody else uh, will build such a big commotion because they won't be able to be silent uh, about Jesus walking through their village uh, that lets me know if Jesus is really here, that we would too be give a big commotion in worship. Why? Because God Almighty is in the room. And if God's in the room, that means the blind can see. That means the deaf can hear. That means the lame can walk. That means cancer has to go. That means fear has to leave. That means suicidal thoughts have to bow. That means depression can no longer stay. I'm here to tell you that we have the greatest power this world will ever know. That's why we're here today. I'm not here to preach a, a fancy sermon. I'm not here to see what you're wearing. I'm here because I know Jesus is going to be here. To be honest, uh, I don't like to go to church just to go to church. As a preacher, I go to a lot of church, a lot of different services. Well, sometimes be in church five times out of the week, six times out of the week. It happens three times on a Sunday. I don't want to go to church just to see the inside of a beautiful building. I want to be there where Jesus is. Uh, doesn't matter what the building looks like i just want to be where he's going to heal the cancer i want to be where he's going to touch that body i want to be where he's going to heal that disease because god is on the throne and i know that anything is possible when he is here why don't somebody just for a moment why don't somebody just clap your hands and magnify the lord Why don't somebody with a need in your body, in your mind, in your family, why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord with expectation of what he's going to do? Would you do that here today? Maybe somebody that says, you know what? I am tired of being in this leper's camp. I'm tired of the way that it is. There's some of you today, you've prayed 20 years for that same sickness to go, and it's still in your body. Can I tell you, God wants to heal you today. God wants to deliver you today. I don't care how long you've been praying. He brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and out of 400 plus years of bondage in one single day. That's all it takes for God. That's all it takes is one single moment for God to do the impossible. Go ahead, that's all right. Why don't you clap your hands and why don't you lift up your voice for a moment? I feel Jesus here in this room, and I feel like there's somebody in this place. Maybe you don't normally shout. Maybe you don't normally clap. Maybe that's not your style, your character. But God is tugging on your heart today to say, you know what? If you'll just give me all the glory, if you'll just tear the roof off the place, then I'll get to your need. I'll take care of your situation. Go ahead, that's all right. I really do feel Jesus in this room, and I feel like something wants to break. God is wanting to break the mold. God is wanting to break the status quo, as we know here today in this room, in this congregation, that when we leave this place, we'll know that God can do anything anywhere. God can do anything anywhere, not just in the building, not just on a Sunday morning, but everywhere we go. You feel that in this room? Some of you can feel that already. You know what that means? That while we're waiting for the next point, While we're waiting for the next point of revelation or faith to hold on to, God's saying, hey, I'm already in the room. I'm already here. It's up to you today to decide. Man, I remember on one occasion, one man literally came with both of his crutches and he came through them at the altar here. They literally hit the the pulpit and he took off running. 70 something years old. uh, He couldn't even walk uh, into the sanctuary. Soon as he threw those crutches at the pulpit, he took off running as Jesus Jesus healed his body. I'm telling you today, absolutely anything is possible. All it takes is one moment for God. uh, It's one moment as you believe that he can and you believe that he will indeed do the impossible. I feel Jesus in this room. And I know that God, why don't we do this? If you have a need here today, would you raise your hand real high? Would you do that? Let's all stand together. Let's all stand. If you have a need, why don't you raise your hand real high. Raise it high. Need a miracle in your body? This is what we're going to do. We're all going to come together down to this altar, but I want you to know that when you come, it is a step of faith. It's an act of faith. When you get here, it says, you know what? I don't want to go home the same way I came in. I don't want to go home with the same situation, the same pain in my body, the same problem. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, God will fill you with his spirit today. No doubt in my mind. This is what we're going to do. Why don't you grab your neighbor by the hand, by the shoulder, all around you. Everybody, would you do that right now? Would you grab your neighbor, connect with them? For a moment, don't leave anybody alone. As you do that, I want you to bring them on down to this altar area. We're going to pray as one body of believers together. Just say, come on, let's go pray at the altar. As you get here, would you remain standing make room for those around you? Would you go ahead and fill this area in? There's people coming behind you. Likewise, here, please. As you're making your way here, I want to tell you that God, no doubt in my mind, can do the impossible right now. But it really is up to you to have faith and believe that He can, believe that He will. I believe he'll do it right now, right here. There are people on this list. I asked the brother to give me the list, and uh, he mentioned a few of them that I believe are in the hospital or at home sick. A couple of people on this list. I know one of them, I think, is Stormy Miller. Is that right? Who is at home or is in the hospital. Um it's moments like this that give us the opportunity to be apostolic. The list is great. This is awesome. I'm not against it, but it's moments like this that give us the opportunity to say, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and take a little drive down to the hospital, take some anointing, take some anointing oil, and lay hands on this individual. And command that cancer to leave their body because God has given us that power. He's given us that authority, but it's Really up to you today to decide to get out of the box. I had heard all kind of messages growing up about the power of God, his miracle working power. But one day I said, God, I want to see you do it. I want to see it happen with my own eyes. I want to see you heal somebody. I believe that you can do that. And he said, well, you got to go ahead and lay hands on somebody and believe that I can do it. It's up to you today to get out from where you are and to believe that God can indeed do the impossible. This is what we're going to do, is you let go of the person next to you, and here in a moment, we are all going to pray, and we're going to shout as loud as we can, hallelujah. As I speak a word of faith, and you shout hallelujah, I believe God is going to touch your body. You feel like laying hands on somebody, you do that, all right? You go ahead and do that here in a moment, but I want to tell you this last thing. My uncle, he was in jail. He was uh, really had no uh, way of life or good way of life whatsoever, didn't know Jesus at all, and one man was in the jail and started really shouting out to my uncle and said, hey, Jesus died for you. And my uncle was proceeding to stab a man. He had a knife in his hand and didn't know any other way of life. He said as soon as the preacher told him that, he looked and didn't really know all what was going on. But he said, this is the only Bible study I ever had in my life. And he said, all of a sudden, the preacher looked at the man I was getting ready to stab, and he said, his blood was shed for you. He said, I still had no idea. I thought it was as weird as can be. And he said, all of a sudden, the guards came in, threw the tear gas in, and carried me out of the room. That I had no idea why they were doing that. They didn't know what I was going to do. And and he said, and I'm telling them, hey, what are you doing? Leave me alone. I didn't do anything. And he said, they put me into the hole, a restricted uh, area, a cell that was completely pitch black. And so they put me on the floor. I'm sitting on the floor, pitch black room. And he said, I'm telling them, what are you guys doing? You know, I didn't do anything. And he said, all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me for the first time in my life. And he said, God told me, don't you remember last night you asked me if I was real to stop you from doing what you were about to do? And at this point, he had the opportunity while God was in the room to reach out. He had the opportunity to decline or to say, God, go ahead and take over for a moment. And so my uncle, not knowing anything about Jesus, never being in an apostolic service, never having heard a message, or never having even a Bible study under his belt before, he had there on the floor sitting down, heard the voice of the Lord, and he said, all right, God, if that's really you up there, then show me that you're real. Do some help. He said, all of a sudden, his hands kind of went up like this, and as he began to surrender, he said, all of a sudden, he started speaking these words and sentences he didn't know. He had no idea, but he was filled with the the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, as he began to speak with other tongues uh, there on that floor of that jail room. I'm here to tell you that Jesus can do absolutely anything. Uh, Tears begin to come down his face. He told God, God, uh, I'm a heroin addict. He said, and I've done that for over 20 years, but God, what you just did to me felt better than any drug I've ever been on, better than any high I've ever had. Uh, Joy began to fill his heart. Uh, The pains and the hurts of the past uh, could no Longer reach him because the power of Jesus was living on the inside. I'm here to tell you that same Jesus is here today. And if you believe that he can do it, I believe that God can indeed do the impossible. Would you lift your hands all over this sanctuary right now? If you've got sickness in your body, I'm talking to you here today. If you've got a situation you've been battling, I'm talking to you here today. I believe that God can indeed do it. Would you lift up your voice here like you mean it for? For a moment. Uh, maybe there's a blind Bartimaeus uh, that says, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, maybe there's a mother here today that's lost uh, your child to the things of the world. Uh, hey, right now is that perfect opportunity uh, to say, God, uh, I need you to move Other uh, here today. that says, God, I need you uh, to enter my home uh, to let your peace uh, be a part of my house. Uh, let your healing power begin to move throughout my family. Go ahead all over this sanctuary. Would you lift up your voice right now? would you lift up your hands all over this place and begin to worship the almighty God.